London is still over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. We are coming in with a landing with Season 1, Episodes 2 and 3 coverage for you all. Hi, welcome. I'm Jess Sterling. I'm going to be co-piloting this Let's see how many plane puns I can work into this podcast today. Come on, Jess. Stick the landing. You can do it. <laughs> Uh, that is the amazing voice of my co-host on this journey. We would be flying at, I don't know, 5,000 feet? How high up How high up do planes fly? Sure. No, 5,000 feet. 5,000 miles. That doesn't make any sense. 5,000 feet is like only Je- a mile. Jessica, Jessica, just, just introduce your co-pilot. Come okay. On. My co-pilot, Tyler Ferguson. <laughs> Hello, hello. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. You can find uh, your emergency exit right over here because I'm sure this is going to be super painful. Nobody hit the emergency exit, aka the they, they've already ejected themselves from their plane. I guarantee you. Um, hi, welcome to the podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already listened to the season one, episode one recap. But if not, go back and listen to it. We're covering episodes two and three today on our journey towards season two. Just to reiterate, Sarah has not seen past episode three of this show. I have seen the whole thing as well as I've read the book. Um, and so we're gonna be going through Sarah's gonna get to speculate. So again, this is spoiler free in terms of uh, what we're going to be revealing we're only going to be yeah. revealing up to what we have seen so yeah. um keep that in mind if that's something that interests you wonderful um and if you want to go subscribe to the podcast we would greatly appreciate it you could find us posterrecaps.com slash hbo pod that is where we house all of our hbo shows um i believe we're going to be getting our own feed so i will shout that out as soon as i know the the actual feed the rss feed link to it Ooh. um yeah, I know. Exciting stuff. Um, and of course, we are definitely going to be having a thread in the Posher Recaps Discord. Uh, you can join us there by becoming a patron at posherrecaps.com slash Patreon. Uh, we, we have all sorts of fun chats there. I mean, l- recently, this is going to date this podcast, but like Game of Thrones, they announced that the new Game of Thrones House of Dragons is going to be coming back in August. So people are freaking out about that. I mean, I will say that's news to me. So if it's news to me, it might be news to other people as well. I mean, by the time this podcast drops, though, it's not going to be. We're pre-recording a little bit. So it's it definitely dates the podcast. Uh, we are we are now recording at Wednesday, uh, March 30th. So now, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's what we've got going on. But I think, I think we should jump right in because we have two full episodes to get through here. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot happens in these two episodes. Uh, so let's start off with season one, episode two rabbits. And the thing I love about this show is like, we, we get right back into the action. We pick up right where we left off the episode before. And uh, Cassie is basically watching herself being interrogated mm-hmm. in Alex's um, hotel room. Yeah, and she's she can't. She's trying to like picture. It's very fuzzy who she's who they had dinner with, and she's like Miranda. It's Miranda, and this is Alex's business associate. Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying the outer body out of body experiences that Cassie's exper- mm-hmm. experiencing. I think that's really, really interesting to watch. Uh, you yourself has said before to me that, you know, one thing that you wish for is if you could watch <laughs> your best memories as if you were watching yourself. Now, is this what you had in mind? 
I mean, I feel like everything Cassie goes through is very traumatizing. So it's hard for yeah. me to, you know, say. But then again, I don't know because I feel like the entire time I would be so hyper focused. It's like when you go into like a fitting room and you're in that like 3D mirror Ooh, situation yeah. where Lots there's like mirrors Jessica's. everywhere. Yeah. I think it would be a little bit overwhelming because I'd be like, ooh, from this angle, like this doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, it's like, oh, is that what the back of my head looks like? I think I would be too hyper focused on that. But I do think it's a cool storytelling mechanism that they employ Very, in the show. Yeah, it really is. So mm-hmm. she remembers this character, Miranda, who at this point we have only seen in like shadowy forms or like flashes right. of blurry images. So we definitely get to know who Miranda is and kind of what she's up to in these next two episodes. Uh, yeah, a lot more Miranda for sure. Not, I don't think she's a very good egg, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to think she's a very good egg, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. uh, Seeing so she's trying to murder Cassie. <laughs> she's like carrying around a knife, chasing her around. A little, a little, a little scary. Yeah. Um. So Cassie is back in the interrogation room. Uh, she says, oh, you know, I'm just really tired. And the detectives tell her to get some rest. They're waiting on information from the Bangkok hotel, which has surveillance videos. Mm. Now, obviously, Cassie's going to freak out because she knows she was there and she knows they're going to see her there. Yeah. Another one of my favorite tropes of shows like this is that I would not be afraid of surveillance videos because nine times out of ten in these types of shows, the footage is always missing. It's either missing or they like overriding for like 24 hours. It like re, you know, it goes over some stuff or they're just video cameras that don't actually do anything. They're just for show. Right. So it it kind of is teaching me not to worry about surveillance videos, which is probably not the best (laughs) message, but that's what these shows teach me. It's fair. It's fair. I just think in this day and age, though, there's cameras everywhere, right? So you can't just rely on there only being one set of cameras. I know, but the entire hotel got wiped. That's true. 12 hours. Yeah. So um, so Shane wants to know what Megan and Cassie said in the interrogation room. Megan immediately shuts it down. And Cassie says, uh, Cassie kind of tries to just like brush it under the rug. She says, you know, it's shocking, but people get murdered every day. And they just stop and stare at her like, what? Yeah, she's missing it. She's like, this is not that much of a big deal. We shouldn't even think about this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Very suspicious behavior from the get. Yes. So once Megan and Cassie are alone, Megan says, I didn't tell the officers that you went out with 3C. Don't worry. And Cassie's like, good. I didn't go out with him. Yeah. Um, and Megan says, well, I did. I did tell them about the business card he gave you. And I also told them you flirted with him. So a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Yeah. Megan obviously spoke a bit too much for Cassie's liking. It's the FBI. You're I just I take the FBI extremely seriously. Uh, yeah, as one should. So Cassie gets home and immediately starts drinking vodka and she keeps flashing back to the drinks that she had with Miranda and Alex. And so she's trying to figure out who Miranda is, but all she keeps seeing is a very blurry figure. Mm -hmm. Um, And while this is happening, she's kind of taking a bath to relax and she seemingly grabs the, the, the cup so tough, like so hard that she just breaks it in her own hand. She grips it. She's got like a Hulk grip going Mm -hmm. on. Just Hulk, yeah. Hulk smashing the cups. To be fair, I've broken many a wine glass in my day because they're such thin glasses. I feel like they're by, just... Excuse me, by holding it like that? I mean, no. 
by by dropping it while you're while you're cleaning it yeah yeah usually that's no i think i think that you literally have broken a glass by holding it i think that's what you're telling me you've i have not glass (laughs) i can be honest you you seem pretty strong how much do you lift um i have no idea (laughs) i've never measured how much i lift if i had to guess i feel like i could i mean i could lift my dog who's like 80 something pounds i feel like that's a lot yeah yeah that's a lot do you think that you can lift a hundred i think so okay well that's pretty impressive i think so thank you yeah um so yeah so she cuts her hand open then we see next morning she's in spin class and she flashes back again to the hotel room with alex so and i love how every time she she flashes she's always in the same outfit that she's in in real time oh yeah yeah she's in her spin outfit (laughs) right yeah and he questions her about it too she's like i'm spinning yeah i'm busy uh, and so she's trying to figure out who Miranda even is. She, she says, all I remember was that she's your associate. Uh, and Alex says, well, don't you remember you have my business card? And so mm. this is interesting because we know obviously Alex is dead. The, the, duh. Um, and so all of this is happening in Cassie's head. And so all right. of like, I enjoy that this is the way the show presents Cassie working things out in her own mind. Right. She is basically speaking with her subconscious as to how to piece the pieces together. And Alex is used as a vessel for her to try to remember what exactly happened that night where she totally blacked out and Mm -hmm. she doesn't remember everything that happened and what exactly went on. So it is very interesting. It's, it's, it's basically self-talk except that instead of like talking into a mirror or writing uh, and journaling, you're, uh flashing back to a traumatic time and speaking to somebody that you possibly killed basically the same thing almost the same thing thing. exactly uh so then we see so cassie takes that so she has the business card and she decides okay well now i'm going to visit unisphere's office because i have alex's business card with the address on it not a great idea terrible idea i mean i i love um the character of annie who will you know meet in further detail later because she says what all of us as viewers exactly to cassie like what are you doing yeah annie is definitely uh the audience voices on like wait you went blank and you thought that that was a good idea yeah you did what uh so she is so she's sitting waiting in the in the front area and there is this again more rabbits there's a weird yeah. rabbit sculpture kind of like cradling a um, ball a big ball a big marble a sphere a globe a sphere. A yeah sphere. what does what does this sculpture represent to you um I, okay so if it was just the rabbit yeah. i would say it was very stoic because it was kind of granite like mm. stone like yes yes but when it's cradling the ball, it gives yes. me more like nurturing vibes. Ooh, yeah. I would say the sphere is probably the earth. Uh, oh. And the, yes, because it's a uni sphere. This is some sort of <gasps> financial office. Uh, Genius. So, so I was thinking like the rabbit is holding 
the earth. Um, okay. No longer. Cradling the earth. No longer. No, now it's broken. No, um, it's on, no, it's on the ground. <laughs> so Cassie lies about her name. I, okay, first of all, she goes from the name Cassandra to Allison. <laughs> okay, yes. Hello, my name is Stacy Bergerson. Bergerson. No. <laughs> No one's going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be like, my name is Jennifer Starling. Like, <laughs> it's like Ricci. Like, who's my favorite actress from the 90s? Yes, yeah. Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. My then- name is my name is Jennifer O'Donnell. <laughs> it's just like, so I, yeah, yeah. So uh, she, she, she questions and and the this HR person comes to speak with her because she says that she's a client of Alex's mm-hmm. and she says that she also knew this Miranda person and they have a common friend. Yeah. And the receptionist woman seems a little caught off guard when they bring she up makes Miranda's a face. name. She a definitely face. makes a yeah. face. Um, and so the woman from HR ends up you know disclosing that alex is dead and Mm -hmm. that she didn't know of a miranda but she says let me go let me go grab a manager and so cassie sees her kind of convening with these other men and she says this is this is not a good situation i'm just gonna run which looks so bad it doesn't look great yeah because everything is very modern in this office there's a lot of glass so she can see this hr woman talk to two male figures and look back at her she starts to get extremely nervous and she decides to run um I will say, complimenting Cassie's wardrobe as well. Oh, I was going to bring this up. I'm so glad you did. You know I love this outfit. So she is wearing this red turtleneck, mm-hmm. which I love you turtlenecks. Love turtleneck. yeah. She is wearing a peach midi scoop, uh, mid, midi scoop, a midi skirt that is ribbed with a matching red belt. Very cute. And these high calf high booties that are tan with a heel and i believe she's she also has this um this like rosy jacket this wool jacket so it's very the tones are really gorgeous together and i really love this outfit her hair which i think is so funny because the first time i watched it i didn't catch it but she tries to do her hair differently yes so it's instead of her she has curtain bangs because she's very up the times she's very yeah she's just like the tiktok kids they are all about the curtain bangs but mm-hmm. typically there's curtain bangs um but this time she's parted her hair in the middle and is doing kind of like a modern farrah faucet where it's kind yes. of swept behind but it's like so she's basically saying like this is me being different this is me being alessandra yeah so yeah. different very very different yeah she could have came in with a wig she could have came in I don't know with a um with a Mrs. Doubtfire. It's just mask. funny because I imagine her putting that outfit on and being like, "This is what people in the stock market wear." I am a young professional. Yeah, this is what people wear in the. And stock you know market. what? She did look like a young professional. You got to. I adore this outfit. I honestly, if I could, I would um replicate this outfit in one second beautiful stunning it was great um but unfortunately as she's running she smashes into the sculpture and breaks it 
Um, of course, all of this is happening as she is having flashes to uh, her childhood. She's mm -hmm. running as a teen. She has blood on her head. And there's like this bunny rabbit. So again, a lot of bunny imagery. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've between this episode and the next, I feel like I figured out what happened that day. And ooh, we can get okay. to it later. Yeah, we'll get to it later. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. So um, as she gets outside, she, of course, gets a call from Special Agent White to go in and talk the next day. Mm -hmm. So they schedule a meeting. Horrible. I would not be able to. Four o'clock the next day, my anxiety would be through the roof. I would not be able to sleep. I would no. not be able to eat. Yeah. And this is when, like, a manager schedules a meeting yeah. and they don't tell you what it's about. And it's, yeah. like, very important meeting, but it's not until the next day. I would be like, like, excuse really? me, instead of me coming in tomorrow at 4 o'clock, can I actually just coming now yeah i would I'll do the same thing now. or tomorrow at 4 45 in the morning yeah because that's all you're getting from me i <laughs> i need to be here i need to resolve this right now but yeah. then again it's like that makes that she's acting as if she is guilty and for me yeah. as a normal uh nervous person uh i don't think i would be able to handle everything that she's going through being a lot. kind of like a investigator in herself and having her think that she has to put this on herself to figure out what happened that night um it's a lot to put I, you know obviously she's going through the motions to just try to survive right now and doing so making terrible decisions along the way yes and definitely this is one of those situations too where he's the one who brings up retaining counsel and so then of course cassie's like wait should i have counsel like she doesn't right. really know well, yeah via agent white's methods are a little are, are a little uh you know he's not, harsh. he's not good at this <laughs> i don't think he's not good at it i think it's the fact that uh he we spoke about this last episode he doesn't really follow protocol he uses aggressive tactics to mm -hmm. get information out of people he is the definition of a bad cop yeah uh, bad oh yeah cop, definitely. Good cop. It, not in in that sort of thing like he uses more aggressive interrogation tactics yeah. to get what he wants yeah definitely so the next scene we see a woman goes to a bar and asks, sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> woman got walks into a bar uh, and asks the bartender for a favor. So mm. she says her coworker Cassie, and this is like a great lie, by the way. She yeah. says her coworker Cassie got fired and they got drinks yesterday and she insisted on buying. But she wants to uh, the, the bartender to refund Cassie and let her pay. Um, and she offers him money to bend the rules. So he hands her the receipt and she takes a photo of it. Right. So she's looking for, she only knows her as Cassie. So she's looking for a first and a last name so that yep. she could track down and where Cassie's at. Cassie Bowden. Uh, so she got what she wanted. Meanwhile, we have Cassie visiting Annie and telling her everything. She visits Which her office. Yeah, which I actually was happy about. One of my biggest frustrations in these types of shows is that everybody has to keep everything like deep, deep inside. And that's when you make the bad decisions. Now, yeah. she tells her friend Annie everything and still makes these bad decisions. So I wouldn't but say at this least is really she helpful. Has, yeah, but at least she has Annie trying to steer her in the right direction. Right. And not only that, but Annie is her counsel. Uh, right. So, so she's that's gonna be honest with her. That was very good. So yeah, I like that she was honest with her and she admits to seeing him everywhere. She says, I'm seeing his body everywhere. Uh, and Annie, of course, 
I, I love this from Annie where she doesn't really hold back. She's like, why did you clean up the crime scene? Uh, and Cassie brings up Miranda. She also also mentions that she went to Alex's office. And Annie is just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You went to his office? Like, okay, yes. the FBI is going to know that. Um, and I, I do love Annie saying, of course, I'm your lawyer. I'm your best friend. Of course, I'm going to be your counsel. Yeah. And and Cassie's so sweet. You know, how I can't, I don't know. You don't take on pro bono work, but how can I pay you? And she's like, no, don't worry about that. I'm your counsel. This is it. Um, and so obviously Cassie is supposed to be going on this Rome trip, but that's the last thing she wants to do right now. But Annie says it's super important you keep working and that we meet at the FBI's office tomorrow on time. You cannot Daddy, be late, Cassie. You have to be on time. Uh, that's so because she she is a, seems to never she's a, she's a little flighty. She's flighty again, very flighty. unintended, yeah. very flighty. Um, so, and I love, I really love the way they flash to, okay, we're going to be on time. Go home and get some rest. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go home and get some rest. Flash to Cassie at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She will not be going home and she mm -hmm. will not be getting rest. Was that the moment as well where she brings up the fact that she had that conversation with Annie about Amanda Knox yes. in the hotel room? And she's like, that was, that was from the crime scene? <laughs> <laughs> It's like you made a call from the crime scene where it's yeah. easily traceable. Yeah. And not only that, but the way she says that creepy ass phone call was from the crime scene. <laughs> yeah. I th Annie is definitely my favorite character. Yeah. I've determined out these uh, first three episodes. I really enjoy her. And she's definitely the voice of the audience, which is it's great to hear yeah. somebody being like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is yeah. such a bad decision. I think that um, Sasha Momet, like just she the way she says her lines really brings in the comedy because yeah. I think without her in the show, mm -hmm. I think the show would have a lot darker of a tone. Yeah. And I think having her yell at Cassie and give her like the slap of reality um, is really important to the show. And I think she kills it in this. Role. Yeah. And that is definitely a actor. Like that's her signature. Yes, and we. I saw that in girls, the same sort of freaking line out. delivery. Yeah, it's it's more so the line delivery and how she she says certain things, and I just I've I appreciate it, and I especially appreciate it more in this show, more yeah. so than I did in girls. Well, because I think when uh, this is more of a serious role than I think that the role that she mm -hmm. had as Shoshana in girls was not that right. girls wasn't a serious show. Of course it, it did have uh, moments of, of seriousness, but I think she's a little bit older here. She's a little bit more mature. And I think the character of Annie is so interesting. We're going to learn more about her along the way as well. Um, so of course Cassie's out drinking uh, and as she's drinking, she gets a message from Megan asking if it's her scarf in a photo online. So of oh, course no. the photos have now leaked um, Cassie in her scarf that she buys last minute is now all over the internet, but she looks so different. How did they figure it out? <laughs> How did they get through that disguise? She, she had a scarf and sunglasses. I just can't, I can't figure out how everybody yeah. knows it's her. <laughs> and, um, again, we get to see the side by side, which I also really appreciate about the show that we get 
one box that has what um what Cassie is doing and one box yeah. that shows what Megan is doing. And Megan is taking cash out of a ceramic chicken. Goodness gracious, Megan is really a sketchy fella, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, she's into some stuff. <laughs> As we'll see later. She's into some stuff. She is she is uh she has a lot of hands in some pot uh in some pots that I did not expect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is very funny. I think Megan is uh, a really interesting character, especially mm -hmm. when she's a bit older than Cassie. Um, it seems that she may value her friendship with Cassie more than Cassie values her friendship with Megan. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, she says, the Did FBI you... called me again. Sorry, go oh, ahead. Excuse me. I was just wondering if you saw Rosie Perez at all in uh, at the Oscars this past weekend. Because... Unfortunately, I, I don't usually watch the Oscars, but tell me, tell me about it. Was she wearing something amazing what was yeah, she looks beautiful so they did a uh flashback uh a thing like 20 something years since the 1992 movie white men can't jump okay oh, was that is that 30 years oh yeah it's definitely 30 oh years. man i'm feeling old <laughs> Oh, so, wow. I just looked up her look. Wow. That dress is gorgeous. Yes, she looks she wore gorgeous. This beautiful red dress. Yeah. And she was a speaker introducing the segment that they did for White Men Can't Jump, um, along with Woody Harrelson uh, and Wesley Snipes. So it was just, it was nice seeing her on stage. And yeah, mm -hmm. she looked beautiful. She had this gorgeous dress that had this like capelet feature yes. that was a train. Loved her look. Mm, yeah. It's gorgeous. Uh, so she says the FBI called her again, wanting information on Cassie and Cassie again insists it's not her in the photo. Megan says, I just want to help you. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, that's pretty much the extent of their conversation. So Cassie ends up going out with Jada and Shane for oyster night. Uh, of course they immediately notice the cut on Cassie's hand and while they're, and of course we, we get more sniping between Jada and Cassie. It's obvious they don't really get along. Um, but while Cassie's out, she meets Buckley, who is an unemployed actor. Um, and he kind of, they meet at the bar while she's getting yeah. drinks. Wonderful chemistry. Yes. Great chemistry. And I do appreciate the fact that uh, she ha was ordering margaritas at this busy club bar. Because I, too, would order a margarita at the busy club bar. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I need you to make me a margarita with a salted rim when you have a hundred other people too. Yeah, you can't just get a beer or something simple. <laughs> you have to be difficult. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets a call from her brother. Of course, he seems to call it the worst times possible. Um, and he's like getting into bed with his husband as she she ends up hanging up on him because she's like, I can't, I can't really hear you. Um, yeah. okay, bye. Uh, and so she's this is an interesting moment. She's dancing with Buckley. And while she's dancing with Buckley, we get flashes where she is basically thinking of him as Alex. She's like envisioning yeah. him as Alex. And then she looks down at her hands and they're bloody. Um, and so when she turns around, he kisses her. And of course, she's thinking of kissing Alex. And so she pulls away after their kiss. But then. She just like, you know, I don't know what takes over. She kisses him and they end up sleeping together. Yeah. Uh, another great turtleneck at the club, by the way. <laughs> I love turtlenecks. <laughs> Who wears a turtleneck to a club? You know what? I will from now okay. on. Only turtlenecks like at the club. Very sweaty. <laughs> Probably. And plus the curtain bags. Like it's it, she 
must be really, really warm. So we see yeah. her wake up at nine o'clock with Buckley next to her and Buck naked. Might I add? Yeah, yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. We didn't even, to be fair, even though this is HBO, we didn't even get the tush shot. Which I was like, really HBO? Like it's well, we HBO. Get back. back is as I wanted the as... tush shot. They like literally only covered the tush, and you yeah. know that man has a good butt. I can I, tell. I will say a nice back is almost as satisfying <gasps> as a butt shot. I don't know. I just it's think true. he has a really nice butt. I can guarantee. I, it. I well, I guarantee you will probably see Buckley's butt in the future. Buckley's buck naked butt. Buckley's butt. But Buckley's butt. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So she wakes up at like 930 um, and she sneaks out of his apartment. And of course, she goes to meet Annie and she is both late and smells like booze. Not the best look. She, mm -mm. she promises that she did use a lot of mouthwash and shower. No mention of brushing of the teeth. Uh, oh, maybe it's assumed. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. So it's assumed that you brush your yeah, teeth before so, your mouthwash. So Annie explains the whole process of pleading the fifth. Uh, which I feel like it's a good thing to to learn, relearn. Yes. And not only that, but she warns Cassie, these people are not your friends. They may no. feel like they're your friends, but I love the line, the FBI knife goes in very slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, you won't even feel it coming, basically. Right. So, and she's speaking yeah. specifically about agent, uh, the female agent. What's uh, Kim, Kim Hammonds. Yeah. yeah. Who I really, really am coming to love in the next two episodes. Yeah, I think, um, interestingly enough, in the book, we don't get a lot of personal information on the police that are mm -hmm. investigating Cassie. Um, but I think in a show like this, it's worthwhile to at least let us semi get to know these people as characters. Especially, I think Kim Hammond is, is definitely more interesting to me than Yeah, than the this other actress, Merle Dandridge, is kind of very magnetic on screen. I like to... Yeah. watch her and i think that her story is really interesting being a female fbi agent yeah yeah of color too yeah yeah, yeah. it must be really tough um so so annie tells cassie if you don't know what to do if you don't you just she says don't lie whatever you do don't lie if you feel the need to lie plead the fifth instead so if you don't know what to do look at me and I will give you a signal, whether like nodding or or whatever. Right. What Smiling means tell the truth. Nodding means plead the fifth. Right. So uh, then meanwhile, we see the agents looking at the footage from the Bangkok hotel. But of course, it's all static. It's completely unusable. And Van, we find out, had preemptively wanted Cassian because he specifically thought there'd be information to get off of these surveillance mm -hmm. videos. But they don't have any details on physical evidence yet. So they basically have nothing at this point. Nothing new, at least. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is bad on him, I think. You know, like this is a, a mark against him that he rushed it all so much. Um, but uh, we see Cassie in the inter interrogation room. She pleads the fifth on if she knew where Alex is staying. And then this is where, like you were saying, Van is playing the bad cop. He shows her photos from the crime scene of Alex's body. Yeah, it's it's I think that's very upsetting to see for any sort of folk, but especially for uh, Cassie, who obviously went through this traumatic thing, has some sort of mysterious thing about 
blood and people dying and something yeah. something happened. Um, so, but I think it's, it would be shocking to show anybody, and it's definitely aggressive interrogation tactics that are probably not um, like uh, probably yeah. not what you should be doing. I think based on Annie's reaction, where she's just like, "Really." Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that, basically. Um, I think especially for someone who maybe you suspect is somewhat involved, if they aren't the person who did this, you're essentially traumatizing them. And I feel like there is grounds for them to take some sort of action against the police for showing them these photos. I mean, these are gruesome graphic photos yeah i'm not totally familiar if this is 100 out of bounds um what did annie said something specifically like they could somebody like you could throw them out of or actually no kim said something specifically about how annie could throw this out of court for uh i think the 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 words were something along the lines of like inappropriate yeah uh, I think so. I think this is definitely something they can't do. Well, so what would happen is I suppose that whatever information they get out of this interrogation could get thrown out of court for um for like manipulation. It's probably. Right. I mean, so- I don't know the the details. If anybody does know the details, like certainly let us know. Um we'd be interested right. in finding out. But yeah, right. regardless, well, some, sometimes these interrogations go on for hours. Like I can think of a yeah. bunch of cases where people were interrogating others for 12 hours and it's so repetitive that eventually a lot of people yeah, admit to stuff that they didn't totally like would if they're in the right state of mind agree to just because it's 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 a manipulation tactic and you're yeah, exhausting somebody so yeah. it, it, these these tactics it, it's not people wind up agreeing to stuff that they wouldn't they shouldn't agree to yeah and so um then they show cassie the photo of the her with the scarf in bangkok that has been circulating on the internet and they ask her if it's her in the elevator at Unisphere because they have a security camera shot of Alessandra at Unisphere. And so Cassie looks at Annie, who is mouthing the fifth, the fifth. But Cassie breaks down. Yeah. You know, she can't handle the heat. And she says, I went to his workplace. I was just trying to pay my respects. Um, and we we see, uh, like, Alex whispering in her ear during the interrogation, like, it's okay. It's okay. Alex is essentially coaxing her to make these decisions. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, he's saying, you know, they, they know, you know, you're obviously guilty. You're, they don't believe you. So right. it's, her subconscious is telling her that, you know, she better tell the truth and she's listening to this part of her subconscious yes and so she immediately breaks down and says everything she says i went back to his hotel room we had we had sex in the bedroom we had sex in the pool we had lots of lots of sex (laughs) good for them good night before it got bad yeah but then what's worse is that she lies and she says i swear when i left he was alive which Mm -hmm. is a lie um, and then yeah. she also, as an afterthought, brings up Miranda. She's a look up this woman to Miranda. She was a business associate of Alex's. 
Um, and as soon as they get outside from the interrogation, Annie, Annie lays into her. Uh, she, she yells. She's, why, why are you, you know, why are you doing this? Why, why did you tell them everything? You should have pled the fifth. You didn't listen to anything I said. They don't know that it was you. They may think it was you, but now they know it was you because you admitted it was you. And Cassie tries to defend herself by saying, oh, no, now they just think I'm an idiot flight attendant who gets drunk and does some, something stupid. And Annie counter uh, counteracts that with, well, you can be both. You know, you can be the killer and you can also be a dumb flight attendant. That's so, correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, I just keep thinking back to the fact that th uh, they, the, the FBI agents made a point to say that flight attendants are very likely to be into international espionage because yeah. of the fact that they are, uh, you know, able to have so much access to so many places. Yeah, and they travel have, so much exactly. and unfettered access. Yeah. So in a way being a drunk flight attendant is not like necessarily going to help her in this argument because uh, obviously they're already suspicious of the flight oh, attendant. Right. Yeah, and they, not only that, but them very quickly. She says she's messy. It's like, okay, well, so was the crime scene, Cassie. It's not like it was a clean hit job, you know? Yeah. So I don't think this is really something right. that holds but up. Also, she lost her lip gloss. She doesn't know where her ID was. She cleaned yes. up the the whole scene. She threw out evidence into a local trash can. Like it's all bad. I mean, her 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 stuff is all over the crime scene. Yeah, her her prints are everywhere. She here. she made her mark there. Yeah. So meanwhile, while Annie and Cassie are fighting, we see the woman that was in the bar earlier watching them. Watching. She made her way to New York and now she is watching them. Um, yes. Were you actually, I guess the question is, like, were you relieved that Cassie actually told most of the truth at this situation? Because we, we were talking about, hey, why don't you, we want these people to tell the truth, especially if they, if we, the audience, think that they're innocent. So essentially she opened um, up. I suppose, but I think that it doesn't matter because she lied at the very end. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is one lie. She says, when right. I left, he was alive, which is completely false. It's so untrue. You know, mm -hmm. he couldn't have been more dead. <laughs> That's correct. Left. Especially because there's proof that she was in that room that next morning. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, and I do, is this, I'm trying to think, is this where the police bring up that they, that other people saw her uh, out in the hallway? No, that's the next episode, oh, actually. okay, sorry. I couldn't remember. I, I was like, did I not note it? Okay. So, me, right. So, anyway, so Cassie and Annie are day drinking at a bar. And I, I don't know why, but this little note cracked me up. The woman who's smoking in the bar that's wearing, is it a Bush Reagan sweatshirt? That's correct, yes. And Cassie's just like, look at her. She doesn't give an F. You, no. can't, you can't smoke in bars anymore. <laughs> you haven't been able to smoke in bars in New York City for 20 years, but she does not give a fuck. She's just living her best life. Life. Why does Cassie look up to this woman? <laughs> because she's free. This woman is free. And that's oh all gosh. Cassie wants in her life is to escape her own head and mm -hmm. just live life and be free to do whatever the heck she wants yeah. without all the stress and anxiety that she's been going through her entire freaking life since question mark, question mark. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, like why this woman is what she I- idealizes because she can just do whatever the F she wants and she does not care. Yeah, this was so funny. Um, and so uh Annie brings up that Cassie, you she says you did leave the hotel room at some point. Cassie remembers leaving the room and falling asleep on some couch in the it's hallway. Like a, yeah, it's like a little bench at yeah. the end of a hallway that people would make telephone calls on right and so while this should be relieving to cassie it's it's the opposite because she says but that would mean i got i was so messed up i was so drunk that i got back into bed with a dead man and annie says yeah i mean it's not great but it's the only thing that explains how you're still alive because if you were in that bed when alex was killed you would be dead too Mm Hmm. yes yeah. So uh Annie says, listen, this doesn't define you. Go be a flight attendant. And Annie says this so many times, and Cassie never listens. And he says, Let me be the lawyer. Let me take care of it. But Cassie doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. So of course we have Kim talking to to Van about his aggressive attitude in the interview. She can't believe he would slap down the bloody photos in front of Cassie. But I I loved this. This is probably why you liked Kim, too. I feel like it was probably this line that cemented it where she says, listen, Van, you fit the FBI's male, pale and Yale culture <laughs> to a T. <tea." laughs> yeah. Um, and he tries to say, well, they must really like me because I have the same job as you do. And you've been here a lot longer. And she brings up, I could never get away with the brash bullshit that you pull because I'm a black woman like in a male dominated field, which is the truth. Right. Yeah. I love how she says you might be in a similar position to me, but that's not because you're as good at your job as me. Yeah, exactly. And so he also, of course, ends the conversation by bringing up that Cassie smelled like alcohol. Like, yeah, you know, but obviously. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah. that doesn't matter because no. it, in the end of the day, it just helps them. Yeah. So Cassie's packing for her flight to Rome, and we see her pack the book from Alex that she has, Crime and Punishment. Uh, so she, we we flash to Alex at his hotel room, and he wants to talk about the rabbits that she saw while she was running out of the building. She asks, how how can you see that? Um, and he's like, I, I see what you see. I yeah, it's know. a little confusing because you're like, what are you, what rabbits? What they, and she says herself, uh, there was one rabbit. It was a sculpture. I broke it. And that nice woman probably got in a lot of trouble that day yeah. because of that. And then she recalls that that random receptionist remembered or made a face or recognized the name Miranda when she brought yes. it up. So she says, I need to go get in touch with this receptionist before my flight. Uh, so as Cassie leaves her apartment, we see the woman that's been following her break in. Uh, And she's looking all around and she ends up finding Cassie's passport. Did you find it suspicious that she has, so you, she's going to Rome. So you assume that she Mm -hmm. has one passport on her already and she had two passports that she left there. Did you find that suspicious um, at all or strange? I did, but I also excused it because I didn't know if flight attendants needed more than one passport for some reason. Well, like I thought I, maybe with her job she'd need more than one, but I don't really know. Well, I think like if you fill it up, then you probably have to get a, get a replacement passport. However, they do like punch a hole in old passports. Oh, and those didn't maybe have- they didn't have that detail. 
But I thought that hmm. that was one thing that I noticed that the camera panned to. Why would she have multiple yeah. passports? But she really did. She had this little weird switch knife that and she was just like uh, poking around with it. She didn't want to leave her fingerprints on the, at the scene. Probably. Yeah, that's what she was trying to do. But it was just interesting what exactly she was. What exactly is she looking for? Did she expect to see Cassie there? Because you see... Cassie gets right into the elevator as yeah. uh, Miranda comes out of the fire um, stairs. The the fire escape or fires. the yeah, not yeah. the fire escape. The I know the what you stairs, mean, the, stairs. The, the stairs. Yeah. So does she expect to see her there? Was she hopeful that Cassie wouldn't be there? And what I exactly was what she was looking for? So I think she's just going there with the express purpose of poking around, mm-hmm. um, maybe just to gather intel. Um, now that we know she knows Cassie's name, maybe she's just seeing what she's dealing with. You know, maybe she was looking for the book. Could have been. Maybe she was looking. Yeah, because Cassie has it now in her possession. Yeah. Um, so we see Cassie go to Unisphere. She's waiting outside, and of course, gets a call from her brother. And this was a really kind of sad moment. Um, he's questioning whether or not the trip that his family is supposed to make to New York City is actually a good idea. He says, listen, Cassie, we're not kids anymore. Seems like your lifestyle might be too intense for, for us. Um, and he he's pretty harsh with her. He asks, how many drinks have you had today? Two, three, more than four? Um, and she she doesn't answer him notably. She doesn't, she doesn't say. Uh, and he asks if she's okay. He needs to know before she's around his daughter's. She says, of course I'm okay. I want you to come to New York. I promise it will be fantastic. And as she's saying this, he doesn't even really have the phone to his ear. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it read very much as he's heard this all before. He doesn't need to hear it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it would be very wise for her brother to separate himself and his family from Cassie. I think mm-hmm. that she's not a, a person that he should involve himself she's, with, so, she's just unreliable um and that's really scary when i mean you have you can, you can love your family members but know that they're not totally healthy people to have in your life yeah yeah and i think especially when he has two young daughters who uh, maybe potentially look up to cassie and they they might be disappointed too or Mm-hmm. Honestly, they could be in danger if she's left alone with them, you know, yeah. Yeah. as who she is now. I would not I would not leave my children with Cassie. Yeah. And so she promised it's going to be fantastic. So then we see her go into a bar and she sits next to Sabrina, the receptionist. And Sabrina immediately gets up to leave. She recognizes Cassie. She's like, I can't talk about work. I'm not supposed to say anything. And Cassie says, no, no, no. I just want to apologize about the sculpture. I'm so sorry. We just toast to Alex. And we see Sabrina immediately kind of relax a little bit and say, oh, uh, you know, Alex was so nice. Um, and meanwhile, Megan calls Cassie, but it goes right to voicemail. Um, and we, on Megan's side, we see her, there's some random teenager who works at like, I don't know, a Staples or something. He comes outside and Megan gives him pills that she doesn't even seem to know what they, what kind of pills they are. (laughs) Just like, here you go. Use these. Any pills Um, is fine. In exchange for hard drives that weren't scanned into the inventory where he works. Hmm. Yes. Yes, very suspicious. She has hidden money in chicken ceramics 
and wants undetectable <laughs> hard drives. Very yes. suspicious. And this is all very interesting considering she's well aware that the FBI are like having conversations with her. Now, she obviously thinks that Cassie is the lead suspect. But if I was even at all being looked at by the FBI, I wouldn't be doing any of this. Well, I think that she would be probably more nervous about the FBI questioning her about just her in general because of her own things that she's up to and that doesn't even have maybe much to do with alex yeah or maybe it does dun 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 (laughs) we don't know uh so cassie and sabrina are drinking together they keep talking about the rabbit sculpture and sabrina's just like that thing was awful (laughs) she didn't even like it hey i'm sure that (laughs) that rabbit sculpture was really really great in its own right sure why not i thought it was kind of ugly but you know Uh, it was very cold to me i just felt it looked very cold you know oh okay it didn't make you feel welcoming in the unisphere It didn't. No? Hmm. Okay. Um, And Sabrina says, so they bring up Miranda. Sabrina says, Miranda Croft is the worst. Sabrina used to cover Alex's desk, and she says Alex was dating Miranda. Sabrina thinks that he broke it off recently. Uh, When they were together, she'd call in screaming, and she was really volatile. Um, And Sabrina calls her a stalker. Uh, and mm-hmm. see, uh, she says, uh, so yeah, so then Alex, of course, is in Cassie's mind. It's like, oh, sounds like she killed him. Um, and as Cassie is leaving the bar, we see the woman with uh, that same like switchblade that you mentioned before following Cassie down the street, and that is where episode two leaves off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this was a really interesting episode. I think that, um, I liked it as much as the pilot. Uh, So it really makes you intrigued about what's happening next. Yes, I think this show does a great job. Keep in mind that when this show dropped, I believe the first four episodes maybe dropped all at once. Mm -hmm. And so this show, I think, which with every ending that each episode has makes you just want to hit play on the next one. Um, And I really appreciate that they leave it off on such an intense note. Um, so before we do a layover or no, no. Okay. Before we get into episode three, we're going to stop down for a quick layover Uh, to hear from our sponsors. Oh, that was a good one, Jessica. Okay. I'm going to pretend that wasn't sarcasm and actually say it was actually very good of me. Um, so we will be right back for you all to board with us on episode three after we take this quick layover. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, let's get into season one, episode three, Funeralia. Is that how you pronounce this episode title? I I cannot tell you. <laughs> I don't know. It's like funeral, but with an IA at the end. Funeralia, I think. Mal- maybe it rhymes with malaria, funeralia. But what is it supposed to be? I thought it was <laughs> funerella, like Cinderella. I thought so, too, when the first time I saw it. But um, it's not. I I, it I really like this episode. If I was not watching this to eventually podcast with you and just a random person on the street, yeah. I think that this particular episode would set me up to wanting to keep watching more. Like, I don't think yeah. that I was fully convinced that this was a show for me until this episode. I really yeah. liked it. 
I think I, I do agree with you. I think season three is the best episode of the of the three we've seen so far. And on top of that, the reason I knew you would like this show and maybe others feel similarly is every episode I feel like Cassie has like a very statement outfit. Every episode I picture Okay, what what outfit was she wearing that episode? The gold. And the, the first episode was the gold, the gold. outfit. The, the second, second episode, episode was the professional was, wear. And this one is the funeral outfit. The funeral it outfit? Me, to be honest with you, it gives me chills how good it I was. I knew you'd love it. I knew you would love the little net. Um, I don't know what those are. Yeah. I can't remember what those are it's called. A it's a little like veil. A veil. It's like yeah, a black it's veil. A, it's a little it's a little tea hat. Yeah, I knew you would love her outfit. A fascinator. It's a fascinator. fascinator. Thank you. Yes. Uh, So let's get into it. We pick up where we left off, as we do always. Um, And the woman is following Cassie as Cassie is on the phone with Annie. Um, So Cassie is... um, then we see Cassie get on the flight as, you know, this woman doesn't, she like bunch, like runs into a bunch of guys. She has no time for their shenanigans. <laughs> I don't even know. I think these were just a bunch of guys coming from like a hockey game or a basketball yeah. game or something. And she kind of gets caught up in it so that Cassie winds up getting into the cab and she misses, I don't know, getting to stab her a little bit with her little switchblade. Yeah. And Cassie is on her way to Rome. Uh, for her flight and uh yeah she is on her way yes so cassie's on the flight she's drinking in the back um and she notices that the photograph of her in bangkok with the scarf has now been published in a newspaper i still don't understand it looks totally not like her how in the world (laughs) why is she stressing out so much about it the scarf totally hides who she is so Megan and Cassie are having a pretty cold interaction after their last conversation. Um, yeah, Cassie, Cassie yeah. mad at her because Megan was a little talky talky. Yeah, with the FBI. With the FBI. Yeah, and it's this. Cassie's like, "Come on, you're my friend. Like, you're not supposed to do that." So Cassie arrives in Rome, and she so she has set up alerts on her phone uh, for certain keywords. Terrible idea again, Cassie. Oh my gosh! Um, but she gets a notification about Alex's memorial service. I don't. I don't know if she understands how traceable everything that she's doing is. I don't know that she's thinking that this is about it 2022 literally everything is traceable on an iphone yeah yeah she does she's not thinking about that i think she's too focused on figuring out what the heck happened that she's like well it's all basically i think her thought is the ends justify the means where if Mm -hmm. she can figure out what happened it's not going to matter how suspicious the rest of her behavior looks i just if she wants to be this sneaky i just wish that she would emanate Less Nancy Drew and more mob wife. <laughs> like she doesn't have to solve the case. She just needs to hide. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. I think she I think honestly, she should just let Annie take the wheel, you know? Hands off. Let Annie deal with this because she yes. seems much more uh capable. Ep. Ept, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so uh so Cassie arrives in Rome and so she sees the notification. Uh, Shane wants to go out. They're gonna, but they're gonna gonna go to the discoteca. The discoteca. Yeah. Yes, yes. I would love to go to the discoteca. She says no, and um, and Megan's just like, 
oh, I have someone I have to meet. And they're like, mm. who do you know in Rome? Mm. But, yes. Who do you know in Rome? Yes. So Cassie ends up going out and stopping at a bar. Uh, she stops by to see an Italian bartender who she seemingly knows. It's like a routine of hers when she see- goes to Rome to-, to meet up with this. Yes. They are friends cute. with benefits. But today yes. she hopes to be mostly friends out of the friends with benefits. Yes. Uh, Megan comes out from the back room of the same bar with a wine glass about the size of her head. <laughs> and she's on her third or fourth. This glass is huge. And I mean, I've never been to Rome, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you know. I wonder if the wine is stronger there. Like, I feel like it might be. Well, I mean, it's Italy is like the wine capital of the world. So, so she is sloshed off her mind. It's amazing. It's great wine. Yeah. Um, so I think it is very interesting that she just so happens to be at the same exact restaurant where she, I think I am very suspicious at Megan within this episode. I am getting very bad vibes from her. I think it's very interesting. She, she knows a lot about Cassie and Cassie's life. And I think it's yeah. interesting that of course she winds up at the same place that she knows that Cassie probably has this recurring relationship with this bartender dude. So you, okay. So explain your suspicions about okay. Megan. You think she's following so, Cassie? Number one, she, I mean, we have to kind of get into all of this episode. So maybe yeah. it's more fitting if we do in the back end, but okay. Um, what I think is that Megan is involved with some of this espionage and we find out also that Unisphere is kind of up to no good as well into money laundering, which I will take as a win for me and my predictions. Yeah. Um, And I think that she's involved in that as well. And if I'm going to be totally honest, I think that she possibly could have been there the night of Alex's murder. Okay. Interesting. So I think that she is up to something and I think it's, and the, the red flags I'm getting is her insistence that she is Cassie's very best friend. Um, that is strange. I think it's weird that she's always there. I think it's weird that she has taken this major interest in Cassie and always has to be kind of butting in. I think, um, that she is a good candidate to be not super obvious. Our main suspects right now in killing Alex is Miranda and Cassie. The obvious answer is either Miranda because it's super obvious. She's acting sketchy. Has a, she has a switchblade. And then the other obvious answer is Cassie because she's an un, um, reliable narrator. However, a lot of these shows have kind of a like a red herring, like somebody that you would not really expect at the end of it. And I think that Megan is my number one candidate as a kind of like a sketch ball. She's always where she shouldn't be. And then she's very insistent. I mean, obviously, I mean, she can just put two and two together and assume that Cassie went out with 3C. But maybe she knows for a fact because she was following Cassie and she was involved that night somehow so that is and it kind of could be like obvious like why she's kind of always up cassie's butt to see like how much she remembers of that night because maybe she was there i'm just saying so that that's kind of all of my thoughts with megan at the moment and uh i mean let's go forward no (laughs) i like it i like it 
Um, so yeah, you're right though. Megan does bring up her friendship with Cassie often. And she says she doesn't have a lot of friends. She seems pretty drunk at this point. Um, and Megan apologizes to Cassie and says she's been keeping so many secrets lately. Mm. Um, and so many secrets. Yes. So then meanwhile, we see Annie approaches Sabrina and Sabrina denies even knowing Cassie. She's like, oh, she looks like fun in like a sorority type of way. (laughs) It's like and Annie's like, huh, that's pretty apt. You know, it's a pretty apt comparison. Uh, So Annie asks if she knows Miranda Croft, but Sabrina still denies knowing Cassie. She says, listen, that woman broke a really fancy piece of art in my office. (laughs) It was Uh, really, really valuable. We got it from the (laughs) MoMA. You cannot imagine how upsetting it is that that rabbit sculpture broke. She broke this really hideous rabbit sculpture. Um, And so she leaves and Annie looks a little bit disappointed that she couldn't get more information. Um, But the gorgeous Italian man is walking Megan and Cassie back to their hotel did we did we catch a name i don't remember i mean we can just call him the gorgeous italian man i'm totally fine you know with that. i don't recall his name if we did get one um yeah. i do like gorgeous italian man um but i can i can look it up and see see what his name is uh so yeah they he walks back uh megan and cassie back to their hotel and megan megan goes off drunkenly and in the meantime, Cassie's like, oh, like, I'm sorry. She kind of just, like, took over the entire night. Um, and he is like, it's totally fine. And she tells him that she's been seeing somebody and that she can't really hook up with him this time around. And he's like, what he says is so nice. He's like, I, he's like, you're an amazing, beautiful, smart, funny person and it was only a matter of time that that was going to happen i'm not surprised yeah um he's so sweet well he's an italian they are very much the lovers of the- <laughs> you are beautiful you are talented. You're beautiful. Yes. your beauty your grace um yes uh he is so sweet um and uh And so she, so as you know, he says he's happy for her. And then we see her laying in bed, just looking at Alex's book and kind of like hugging it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she flashes back to her and Alex walking through the market. And she remembers him saying his mother hated his Mm ex-girlfriend. I thought this was very interesting because, well, hated the ex-girlfriend, yes. But I think that the person that she says that she was seeing to the Italian man was Alex. She's kind of having these reoccurring memories and reliving this date over and over again in her mind to the wish way, to the point where I feel like she's actually catching feelings to this guy, especially since she interacts with him so much in her head. So I thought that was, and she's like hugging his book. I thought okay, that- I think the gorgeous Italian man's name is Enrico, I believe, in the show. And then what's his name in real life? His real name is Alberto Fraza. I apologize if that's wrong. But Bella. Um, yes, uh, gorgeous man, gorgeous, gorgeous man. Um, not, I mean, obviously, this entire cast is gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah, people. they're they're all beautiful people. They're also really good looking. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I don't disagree with your your assessment that uh, the man she's referring to probably is Alex. You know, especially when we see, I mean, a hug can be very intimate, and the way she's hugging and grasping onto Alex's book, I think, is pretty yeah. telling. It kind of makes me a little 
sad that this that he got murdered because it seems as though they had a really nice connection. They really seem to, especially at this market with Alex, they have, you know, undeniable chemistry. They seem to have, uh, if not a lot of things in common, at least take a deep interest in each other. And it makes me sad that he got murdered. <laughs> yeah. Night, well, possibly I also her. think there's something and I, I, they might get into it in this episode and for sure it's a oh, running do you think theme. it's like an idealization of who Alex yeah. really is. I think yeah. so because if you th- – the amount that she's been imagining, Alex, has exceeded the amount that, of time that they actually spent together at this That's point. True. That's so true. And so she's she's taking one night where, of course, you can make connections with people. She's taking one night with somebody, and now that he's gone, she's imagining it to be probably a bit more grandiose. Yeah, you're, um, you're – that's a very astute assessment. I think that is something that – you really that happens a lot like when you lose somebody obviously you never want to think ill of the dead or think badly so you remember all the good things and you forget that they're human because you put them on a pedestal and they're like they're the greatest person ever and all these things and you so I think that it's very easy to do to really glorify certain people and who they were and i think that's a good point like i didn't really think of that i think that she is definitely imagining what things could have been between them i keep forgetting that cassie is a very unreliable narrator and i i keep taking things at face value and then when we speak remembering i kind of get thrown into the reality of it you're my annie you're telling me hey sarah (laughs) wake up wake up i think but i think the thing is is because cassie is a very likable character so we want to believe her and i also think there's a part of us that um when it's hard for us to deny the chemistry specifically between, between the actors. actors. That's yeah, correct. Michael. Uh, I'm so I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Alex. Between Alex and Cassie, um, the chemistry is so real, and we're seeing them physically together. Even though obviously he's dead, and this is all just in in her imagination. Um, and you know, so I think it's hard to to not see their connection in that mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, but so Cassie calls Annie, leaves her a voicemail as she's getting back into her apartment. And this is when she notices the door was open. Mm. Uh, she looks around. She notices things are out of place. Which if I saw my apartment ajar like this, I would be so terrified. And I would definitely call the authorities right away. But she does not. Uh, and that is our one time where we're going to say you should have called the police today. We we are vowing not to do that. But yeah, she it's it's interesting because she remembers very small things that were out of place. Like the picture was a little bit off. The paintings mm-hmm. weren't totally where she left them, and she mm-hmm. notices that something is definitely askew. Yeah. And so she um she immediately goes to uh Annie's apartment, walks in, and this is such a strange apartment because she walks in and there's just this man getting out of the shower in the middle of the living hey, room. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, it's a very open concept apartment and it's very industrial for yes. New York. So it's kind of 
a loft space. It's kind of like yes. two floors high. It's very high ceilings. And yeah, you walk in and your glass shower is right there. Uh, and uh, there you get your butt shot. Yes. Uh, so she uh, she walks in on Max, we find out. Um, and she's just like oh um who are you and he says oh i'm annie's boyfriend max and she's just like um annie doesn't have a boyfriend it's like no you're like, not he's he's like well you know i know she has a weird rule about not putting labels on relationships but uh he says she, he was previously arrested for extortion and they mm -hmm. got close when she represented him which i thought was a very interesting line because i have a theory that the reason why cassie and annie are friends is because she previously represented her right. somehow so uh, very interesting that Annie would make a boyfriend by <laughs> having it be a client. So um, that's another running theory for me as well. Okay. Um, I I like this character. I like this Max guy. He's interesting. He uh, is good looking and seems like he uh, yes. softens Annie up a bit, which is interesting to watch. Yes. Yeah, so Max played by Denise. Um, a Adenas? I'm so <laughs> sorry. I looked up the pronunciation. Excuse me. I've I looked it up. It's Den Denise Adeza. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I looked up the pronunciation because I was so nervous about trying to pronounce it. Um, he's most he so he's an Australian actor, and I guess he's most known for playing Prince Aladdin okay. in Once Upon a Time. I, I there's no way his name is Dennis, right? I'm it's telling you, it says E N I Z. It is. Is but it not Dennis? But Dennis. On the pronunciation, it says D-U-H, which is duh, and okay. N-E-E-Z, which is knees. Okay. Okay. I think I can click it. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. Listen out. Listen for it. Okay. Denise Akadenas. Denise Yeah. Denise. That I said Denise. De okay. Denise Akadenas. Yes. That's how you – Akadenas. Akadenas. Um, regardless, he's gorgeous. Um, he has now graced us with his presence on the show. Yeah, I and love he, how his first name and last name end in an N I Z. Um, oh, oh his first and e. his last name were almost identical. Oh, hold on. His first name is <laughs> his last name. I didn't even realize that. You just add the AK in front. I didn't, and it's I didn't see that. I, you know, I looked at the last two letters and then I kept like going forward. But they're not like, pronounced yeah. the same, which is odd. Den Denise Akdenas. Actinus. What a gorgeous name, also. Very um, cool. Anyway, so he he is Max. Um, and so Annie arrives and she's just like, Oh, Annie, I met your boyfriend. And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cassie says, uh, my apartment door was open, and Annie's like, Well, probably because your Heideke is known by all of uh lower Manhattan. So uh, yeah, yeah. She puts in the most obvious spot, so it's really not surprising. Yep, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so Cassie asks if Annie spoke to Sabrina, but Cassie tells Annie, uh, she's like, oh, she denied knowing Miranda. And she says, oh, well, Sabrina's lying. She definitely knew her. She told me all about her. Uh, so Annie calls the FBI and says, Sabrina has information on Miranda. Mm -hmm. Um, they already spoke with Sabrina and she says she didn't know anything about Miranda. And so I love Annie putting him on hold. Pulling out her other cell phone and calling us uh, basically someone who she's connected with at the FBI. Pretty sure Annie has like 30 cell phones. 
I think so. And they're all like, like flip phones too, which is a choice well, in 2020. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're all, yeah, they're all burner phones. Yeah. But also I'm pretty sure Kim Kardashian is known to have like 30 cell phones. So why though? I don't know. It's so strange. She, she has a lot of cell phones. <laughs> so she's, yeah. she has almost as many cell phones uh, as, as Annie. Yeah. Um, and so she phones an FBI agent named Kendrick. And so she asks what's going on with the Sokoloff murder case. He's annoyed, she calls, but apparently she's representing his cousin. So he says that Bangkok PD found a shattered wine bottle that they think is the murder weapon. And they're trying to pull prints off of it. Um, and so Annie tells Van that she'll get back to him. And Cassie is freaking out. Um, and Annie says, listen, we'll report the break in and you're going to stay here just to be safe. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Which I feel like Annie is putting on a, a, a front at this yeah, point. Yeah, I felt so too. Also, it, I mean, it was actually Paris Hilton who has 500 cell phones. But <laughs> maybe that's less, maybe that's less surprising somehow. 500? I'm sorry. Is that the actual number you just said? No, he has four iPhones and one Blackberry. Wait, when was this information pulled from? Who has a BlackBerry? I don't know. This is old she information. Has, she has five phones. She has five phones. That's what she has. Also, why the need for four iPhones and a single Android phone? <laughs> I have so many questions she, about this. She has, she has one of everything. Maybe she's just like, there are some games I just can't get on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's still playing Angry Birds after all this time. <laughs> Um, so yes. So Cassie is, you know, thinking of Alex again, uh, and she's talking to him. She says, I'm, com I'm completely effed. Um, and Cassie recalls Alex mentioning Miranda mm -hmm. and how his mom hated her. Yes. And so yes. to her, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Maybe Miranda's the ex. So now what we have to do is obviously talk to Alex's mom. And the best place to do that is at Alex's memorial service. Sound logic. <laughs> yep. This is so messed up. Yep. Yeah. So messed up. It's a choice. So she takes the L-I-R-R -R to go to Westchester. Okay, so you need to explain to people who don't live in New York. I know what the LIRR is, but well, explain it's to just, people who it's don't just know. the it's just the train. It's the Long Island Railroad. The Long Island Railroad. It's just the train, but it's a okay. it's a public train. It's a okay. public train. She's taking public well, she transportation. She lives in New York City. I don't know. So what else would she, you? Okay, how else would you get there to Westchester? That's north Westchester. Rent a car. Um, how is this Uber. better than taking a train? Take an Uber. Okay, but what's the difference? Like, what? Why can't she? Take I don't a know. It's just very public. Everything is very public. Yeah, I mean, if she rents a car, though, her it's like she has to put down her information. Like, that's a gonna... fair point. But so, so maybe if she had, maybe if Shane had a car, although I don't think he does. Hmm. But yeah. worse, worse than even going to this funeral yeah. is dragging along Shane, Shane, who also doesn't know where he's going. Doesn't know where he's going, and on top of that. They're both dressed beautifully. Um, yes, I this love is where this. We get the amazing Cassie. She has a black dress mm -hmm. that has what what kind of um, cut on the top would you call it? It's not like a boat neck because it's wider than that. Um, but it's a bit of a plunging neckline, um, and she has the fascinator with the the little 
net thingy on the front Mm -hmm. and Shane also looks gorgeous and I love the detail of him having his hair like because he has only hair on the top you know his head is shaved on the sides right and he has um kind of like dreads and they're like pushed to the side which i thought yeah and he has this beautiful green uh yes coat and jacket they both look fantastic they do yeah i i think this uh neckline is maybe what like a scoop neck okay i could see a scoop neck is is she wearing like a, a a coat or poncho or something over it too she is, yeah. She's I wearing a cape. I would say a, a cape. cape. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. A beautiful um, coat. Beautiful so, coat. Beautiful dress. Um, she looks gorgeous. And yes. oh, her um, her eye makeup also. I noticed because she had some really nice yeah. um black eyeliner and stuff on. I thought it looked good. Um. So they're waiting to get on the LIRR, and yeah, she gets they a go call to the old uh, Penn Station. There you go. Yeah. New York hotspot. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> I love how I say this like I know. I'm like, I live in New York. No, I live upstate. I have no idea. Um, I think I've been to Penn Station <laughs> anyway. You've definitely been to Penn Station. It's okay. Madison it. Square Garden. So. Oh, that I definitely have. Yeah. So um, Cassie gets a call from Buckley, and we find out that Buckley put his number in Cassie's phone at the bar. And he's like, you asked me to do that. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's definitely- okay, so you gave your phone to a random stranger. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, yeah, yeah. The guy at the bar, put your phone in my, put your number in my phone. Yeah, that makes sense. He says, uh, not sure if you can, but do you want to meet up later today? She obviously cannot, but yeah, she-, she lies and she's, we need, we need training on, what was it, like water landings or something? And yes. I loved Shane being like, oh, great. You're going to have to teach me all about that. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, you know, like, he's really, really sweet. Um, but yeah. I don't know. She, yeah. I don't know how interested she, she is him. in him. So, yeah. So we see Megan picking up a cup of coffee and she's mm-hmm. joined by someone else. Well, this was very annoying because she, that cup of coffee was waiting on the counter for like what 10 minutes and, and the she name was not even close to well Megan. it was no it was kind of it was like something mech and it's it, you could put two and two get together megan and guess that it's your cup of coffee but also her name is megan that's such an easy name i don't know so she gets her cup of coffee and she's joined this by this mysterious stranger who yes. is she is into some sort of corporate espionage. Yes. So she says she got the flash drives and now she's been instructed to download the information off of her husband's computer. Because her husband's some sort of pilot, right? Uh, Or is he some sort of engineer? He, I I don't know that we know what he does. I thought that I saw him in a pilot's uniform in the second episode, but maybe I, uh, I don't think uh, we know at this point what he does. What's going on. Um, and so, right. So then she has to hand the flash drives over to Mr. Rowe's associate. So Mr. Rowe is the man she's talking to and his associate mm-hmm. is kind of sitting a little bit away, like staring at them. Yeah. Um, and she says, I can't do it today. And she seems pretty nervous at this point about people finding out. Um, and so she's, she texts her husband asking him to bring home his work computer so she can bid on something on eBay. Yeah. Actually, which is very funny in 2020. I would be like, use your phone. What are you talking <laughs> well, I, I don't know. You have to get it's kind of like you have to like be really, really firm and have make sure you have all your ducks in line. I think it's easier to bid on something on a computer. 
You know what it I mean? is, but like, like what does she have for personal computer? I don't. I I'm not quite sure. I think this probably has something to do with Unisphere. Now that I'm thinking about it, and to coincide with my theory earlier, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. So Annie gets frustrated. She's trying to look into Unisphere. There's only so much she can find, legally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course she's saying all of this to Max, and Max like, oh, it sounds like you need a massage. She says, well, I'm talking about hacking, which I cannot condone. But if I were to write information on this piece of paper and just leave it out. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you could hack, but it wouldn't be okay by me. I do not give you permission. To do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She has to, you know, she has to be, you know, vague enough that she can't yeah. be contempted in a court of law for, yeah. uh, you know hacking into anything that's not great so she drops the paper very stealthily yeah and just walks on off yeah this was fun um so and i i love how he's trying to flirt with her and she's like stop trying to flirt with me this is you know this is this serious is business yeah we're doing business right now yeah so cassie arrives at the funeral and she <laughs> she says that's so strange that guy was on the train and now he's coming here and shane says why is that strange we were on the train and now we're coming here yeah but she was right he's she an is FBI right, agent I, I just, he is specifically <laughs> following them yeah uh and so then we see the fbi uh we see van and and kim watching cassie go into the funeral and van thinks cassie is guilty but kim says we need more evidence so Shane walks in and of course he sees the portrait and is just like, did you bring me to three C's funeral? <laughs> and Cassie says, well, actually, I think when there's not a body, it's just a memorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Shane kind of reprimands her in this moment. is like, you have to get your shit together. You're making terrible life choices. Yeah. And this is very damaging and it's not healthy. And you're going to think about what you did and I am going to go off. Yeah, so he, uh, so Cassie starts asking around for Janet Sokoloff. For Meanwhile, um, it's yeah. so inappropriate at it the is. memorial. It's really bad. Meanwhile, Shane is smoking with the servers, and <laughs> there's a guy who calls Cassie a bitch, and he's like, "Excuse me, <laughs> we don't talk like that. <laughs> we don't call women bitches." Yeah, which he's right. You shouldn't. Um, and so Megan now has her husband's computer and she inserts a flash drive and we see she copies over some vials and seems Mm. very nervous. Yeah. But did she get the butter dish? (laughs) That's what we need to know. This is the important information. Yeah. Uh, so Alex's dad is making a speech at the memorial and Cassie finally is able to determine which person Janet is because he references her. But she doesn't turn off her phone ever. It. Okay. First of all. No one should have their phone on ring anymore. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. vibrator silent. That's it. And that's she it. lets it ring once, doesn't turn off the ringer, and so it rings Does again. Not. Does not. It's horrible. Uh, yeah. So Annie calls her and she says, You need to come over right now. I have information on Unisphere, the Sokolov's own Unisphere, and they are laundering money. Yes. And so, of course, Annie knows that she's in Westchester because she still has the, like, find my on. friend. Yeah. You've got to turn off find my friend. Well, I think Cassie should definitely leave it on at this point. Wait. Once upon a time, back in the day, um, me and my now fiance were on a break. And I saw him on find my friend. And he was on a date with somebody else because we were on a break. And I was like, why How did you, you know he was on a date with somebody else? Because he was at the mall. I was like, what why does that we- have to do? What do you mean he's at the 
mall. That doesn't mean he's on a date. He was at like a random mall. A okay, random mall. Again. But I was right. He was on a date. Did you, you ask it? him about this? I think I probably did afterwards. <gasps> Sarah! Yeah. Well, we were kind of still seeing each other, but it was like very much the drama. You have I've to turn off find your friend. Used, I've never used one of those location things. Yeah. I don't even know right. how. I mean, I have an Android, so I don't know that it's even easy to do anyway, but uh, I'm sure they I have some sort of equivalent. I'm sure, but like, I've never felt the need to. Well, yeah. So, but back in the day, we all found our friends. Okay. Um, so, right. So Annie says, come over right now. And Annie tells Cassie, you have to leave. Uh, the people who are working for the Sokolovs are violent and scary. And Annie knows this because she represents some of the people that work for the Sokolovs. Right. Um, and Cassie says, I need to stay. I need to find out more about Miranda. And Annie keeps texting her and says, keep me updated. Otherwise I'm going to assume you're dead. Like just, you know, you need to text me. Right. Um, She's now gone her into a position where, she's going to get herself in trouble and she's going to be in danger because she's putting yeah. herself in between very dangerous people. Yep. Absolutely. So um, then we see Megan calls Cassie and leaves her a voicemail. She asks if they're bid buddies because she wants to go on a Tokyo soul route next month. Shocking. Mm, yeah. Um, and we see her leave the flash drive in a rug sample at a store. It was uh, and- actually a fabric book. Okay, like, so I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm in the industry. I don't mean to like <laughs> to to design shame you, mm-hmm. but it it was one of those fabric books where like you can look at different swatches to put on your sofa or your couch. They're at a furniture showroom. It's pretty cool. Okay, so I she mean, leaves- it was cool for me. It was great. I loved it. Uh, so wait, we see Mr. Rose associate go and pick it up and leave um cassie is drinking a lot at the memorial like a lot of champagne is being consumed yeah, at this memorial. Yeah. no i don't I, I don't really think that it's probably good for anybody to have a lot of alcohol at memorials but if you cannot control yourself it, i i it was it was bad i mean it's the amount the amount of drinking that she had was uh uh, unlimited <laughs> it was she was probably she had access to a lot of alcohol 20 plus drinks uh throughout this whole thing yeah she was just downing champagne left and right yeah um, and this is when she so this is also very interesting because memorials and death are a trigger for her because she yeah. lost her father and i guess she's getting flashbacks from her own experience when she was at a funeral with her father um right so she and we do notice i i I don't know if you had you know really caught on that we see it's the same actor playing young cassie in both this flashback where she's at her father's memorial and the one where she's you know um running through the through the woods um so just like to put it into time perspective um well i don't know that means that she's the same age but she's no she's absolutely the same age so this is this kind of was also pretty telling for me uh in this situation so she's having a really hard time with the fact that um well basically what i think what happened is that she was hunting with her father and she shot her dad and killed her own dad that okay. is my hypothesis, and I think that that's one of the reasons why she's having a really hard time with everything and not making the best decisions. And 
uh, we see her at this memorial and it flashes back to when she was with her dad and her dad was the one that introduced her to beer um but she tried to get drunk at her own father's memorial service yeah. when she was like 11 years old yeah so we see her pulling a beer out of the fridge and hiding it but her and brother, her brother shames her yeah he takes it away he puts it back in the fridge and alex says he seems to have the right idea um and meanwhile at the funeral at alex's memorial service cassie keeps running into the same man who she accuses of following her earlier um, well yeah because he is following yes her. yeah um, and as she walks away, she bumps into a cater waiter, knocks over a bunch of food. So she's she's attracting she a ton of attention. So much seen, always. Yeah. She she is the drama. <laughs> she she is. Yeah. Um, and so uh, right. So then we see a cut to her at her father's funeral. She pulls a flask out of like probably his nightstand mm -hmm. and takes a drink from it. And she says her father used to only give her beer. Um, but this we see young Cassie chugging the liquor and she says this was her first sip of hard alcohol at the yeah. age of 11. Right. I'm she's she's, so young. But she just went through a traumatic experience. Say, say I'm totally off about being in the hunting situation uh -huh. and all that. Even losing your father so young has repercussions yeah. for you to act out in many a ways. Uh, once again, I think I talked about in the first episode that. I, too, lost my father not quite as young as Cassie, but at 19, that is relatively very young. And although I did not abuse, you know, a, a substance, my vice was shopping, shopping a lot, uh, spending money mm -hmm. that I did not have. So when you're young and you can't quite process the feelings that you're going through, you find an outlet and everybody has their own type of outlet. So I, I, I don't think that what she was doing was right or good and it's of course horrible that she's drinking at 11 years old but that's how she found and that was how she connected with her dad by drinking yeah so not he only is she it, yeah. yeah it's a bonding experience between the both of them but it's also she uh got the fact of being an alcoholic probably from yeah, her it's father genetic too it's of course genetic. so yeah. um yep. and yeah so that and and that's probably how she gets feels like she connects with her dad by drinking so yeah. uh it is a horrible situation and i can understand why cassie gets herself into a position in life where she does not make the best decisions and it's frustrating to watch but it's very real because yeah that's what happens when you're a little damaged everyone's a little damaged but she's yeah. a little damaged yeah, so she sees Janet Sokoloff, um, and uh, she so she follows. Sorry, so she talks up. She walks up to Janet, and Janet says, "Alex was so generous. It was like he was from a different family." And we find out that Janet says her son never dated Miranda Croft, and she says, "Never mention that name again." Mm. She leaves to take a call. Cassie has no idea what's going on, so she of course follows Janet upstairs as she's downing more champagne. Um, and she overhears Janet talking on the phone saying she was just asked about Miranda and she says, I will not let Victor Miranda or anyone else at Lionfish use my dead son as a scapegoat. Right. Uh, the man shredded the Lionfish documents this morning. Yeah. So, uh, not quite sure what Lionfish is perhaps a competing organization, um, mm -hmm. or a client of theirs, um, is it one of the clients of theirs? Do they mention, I remember in the second episode, they started listing clients of Unispheres. And I remember that what like Cassie said that she 
lionfish I don't believe was was not one of them so yeah I don't really know what lionfish is right now but something to remember in the future yep and so Annie calls Cassie it goes straight to voicemail so Annie's getting very nervous because Cassie hasn't responded to her so she says that she's going to call one of her clients and put in a word for Cassie saying Cassie is harmless because again one of Annie's clients Mm -hmm. works for the Sokolovs um and Max says she could totally be fine everything could be fine um, Annie calls Cassie her best friend and Max can't believe it because Cassie didn't even know about Max. But Annie says, listen, friendships are different for everybody. You know, like you can't judge by and like, this is just how I am. You know, you have to deal with it. Um, and so the FBI agent, of course, that is following Cassie joins the other agents in the car. He says, Cassie has been drinking heavily, acting erratically. He also noticed her go upstairs to Janet Sokoloff. Um, so Janet is then goes outside and asks why the FBI is there. She's pissed. She's like, your yeah. stupid car is your, what did she say? Your is uh, leaking oil on my, yeah. whatever, my nice Fancy driveway, my nice driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she asks them to leave. Cassie is looking for the paper shredder and she sees paintings of Alex as she's walking down the hall. Um, mm. She eventually does find the paper shredder and takes the bag uh, out from it, but she starts hearing voices. So she throws the bag out the window, which was smart because I Very thought smart. that she legitimately was going to put it under her dress and be like, oh, now I'm pregnant. all of a sudden I'm pregnant. So, <laughs> honestly, wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> I thought that that's what she was going to do. I was going to be like, oh, no, Cassie, no. <laughs> so Mr. Sokoloff and other men come in and Cassie hugs him. She says, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, you know, I uh, and so Cassie, of course, notices one of the men has gone has a gun on him. And she says, I only knew Alex for 12 hours, but we made love three times once <laughs> in an infinity pool. And it's like, why are you telling his father this? Stop it. <laughs> uh infinity pools are very romantic i'm not surprised i will just say once and only once that water is also not a lubricant just saying so if you're thinking about having sex in water you're gonna need some assistance because water is not a lubricant and the more you know (laughs) i just thought about it when she mentioned the infinity pool anyway so janet walks in and asks why cassie is in their house uh, and Janet thinks that Cassie is one of quote unquote Victor's incompetent field mm. mice. Yes. So Victor keeps coming up. Yes. Yes. But no, um, you know, it, Alex's dad thinks that she's just one of Alex's fun time, fun time girls. <laughs> I hate the phrase fun time girl. I would rather be a fun time girl than an incompetent field mice. I mean, I. Obviously, but I don't want to be either. I don't want to be a mouse. I don't like mouse. I'd rather be a fun time girl <laughs> having great times in the infinity pool at this rate. Three different times. In Three hours. Yeah, they had a great time. That's they did. I mean, they yeah, I'm sure it was more also- three yeah. times in 12 hours when you're like drunk as a skunk seems improbable, but like sure. Um, let them have a good time. They're fun uh, time people. So Cassie says she's a flight attendant. Then we see someone come in, whisper to Janet, and Janet leaves the room. Mm-hmm. When Janet comes back in, she says Cassie is free to leave. Yeah, Annie saved her ass in this moment. Yeah. Uh, so Cassie runs out, pulls Shane. Shane is upset because he was. Uh, oh yeah, being, he was having a great time with the cater waiter. He was. He was having a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, Cassie picks up the shredded uh, bath. Excuse me, the shredded thing of uh, papers mm-hmm. as Shane chastises her for dragging him to the funeral in the first place. Yeah. And she asks Shane, "Don't tell anybody I came here." And he says, "I can keep a secret." 
so she finds the thing is Cassie waits until she's back on the LIRR to text mm-hmm. Annie back. It's like, bitch, you could have texted her the minute you were out of that house just to like put her mind. Yeah, at ease. yeah. She doesn't really think about it. It's I'm sure, annoying. but also I'm sure she, her and Shane had to really relay all this. Also, I love how Shane was like, "Are you like a garbage person now? <laughs> yes. Are you a dumpster diver now? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a hoarder?" Yeah, it was funny. But what's her plan with the bag of papers anyway? Is she going to take all of it out and put it together like a puzzle and like tape it all together? That she, seems like a big project for her. It it does, yeah. Uh so she writes, so Annie gets the text and she says she's I'm gonna murder Cassie myself. Uh if you're not dead, I'm gonna murder you. Uh and so Mass Max asked if the strings she pulled were worth it. Annie says her boss is going to have her head on a stick for making that call. Mm -hmm. Um, Max says he needs payment for all of the hacking he did. And they kiss. They have a cute moment together. I think they're cute together. Um, And then Cassie flashes to herself as a child running in the woods. Uh, She asks about the bar cart on the (laughs) LIRR. And the guy's like, um, we don't have one. Yeah. I think that she was thinking about the Amtrak trains. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, then, of course, he moves, and who's behind him but Miranda, who is the woman that has been following Cassie? We get a name to the face. Yeah. This is Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. And that is where we leave off on episode three. Yeah. It was uh, very interesting uh, to leave off here. Obviously, you want to know now that they finally found each other. What is Miranda going to do? What is Cassie mm-hmm. going to ask? She does not know Miranda has been following her for the last couple weeks. Right. So that's one thing. I feel like Miranda seemed a little surprised to see Cassie there. I don't know if she was fully expecting to. I definitely she had a look of shock on her face. To run into her at this moment. Maybe yeah. she did not like the feeling of being caught off guard. I think that she feels like she would rather be in control. Yeah. Um, would rather sneak up behind Cassie than run into her in this type of situation. So yeah. it's very interesting. I really, really like this episode. I thought that it does a really good job of telling more of the story, kind of getting a better idea about uh, what everybody is about. Um, I thought that watching Cassie go to the memorial was both uh, frustrating to watch but intriguing um as well and seeing what kind of shenanigans she gets up to yeah and she i think that she says her name to these people so now they know her also i believe somebody asks doesn't don't the fbi agents ask her like how are they like what do they know about cassie bowden or something or cassandra bowden somebody asked somebody else but basically her name is out there oh yeah so um she is just making herself look worse and worse so we get to see we'll definitely get to see uh what happens next and uh whether bad decisions she'll get into yeah She's getting into all kinds of shenanigans, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, this this these two episodes were really fun. I think season, I think I agree with you. Episode three was the best of the bunch, and I think it really kind of elevates the show. Um, and so next week, or excuse me, yeah, next week, I'm trying to think of re- release dates. So next 
Tuesday, um, our podcast for episodes four and five will drop. So just make sure that you're, if you are watching for the first time, you watch both episodes um, ahead of listening to that podcast. Of course, we will warn you when we start the podcast. But to make sure you don't miss out on any coverage, uh, go to posterrecaps.com slash HBO pod and subscribe to the feed. Uh, there's so much other coverage there as well. I know winning time is a big thing that's that's on right now. I'm so sorry. I'm not a basketball person. I just know it's a big show right now. Um, I've so- never heard of that show ever <laughs> it's on hbo it's like a big actually i think it's very 90s relevant because i think it is uh is it about michael jordan i think it's about a mixture of basketball players oh, i just okay. know it's basketball um so tons of content right now and tons coming up i mean hbo is just firing oh all it's cylinders. the rise of the lakers dynasty there you go rise of the lakers dynasty. so it's about magic johnson that's important there you go magic johnson you heard it here first folks um and probably not but that's fine uh so yeah so we will be back with you all next week on tuesday to cover episodes four and five of the flight attendant um sarah where can people find you what do you have going on yeah jessica and i of course have shit 90 shows taught me where we cover 90s content such as 90s movies boy meets world and dawson's creek so catch us there at shit 90s pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Sarah Ferguson. Um, and yeah, you know, catch, we finished up our coverage of the Gilded Age. If you want to mm-hmm. go back to that, you can. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to cover the next two episodes with you, Jess. It's going to be so much fun. Um, of course, you can also find me on Community Building with Josh Wiggler. We are kicking off our season three coverage um, of Community. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, anything else, you can always uh, find out information at the Jess Sterling on Twitter. Of course, if you want to chat with Sarah and I even more, you can find us in the Posture Recaps Discord all the time. We love to do a thing called Hang and Chill, where we just go sit in a voice chat and just chat with people. And it's become a really fun part of my day anytime I do get to do it. It's like Um, uh, the, the old clubhouse. Yeah, if you were a fan of Clubhouse back in the day, this is a similar kind of experience. So uh, join us there, posterrecaps.com slash Patreon. If you'd, if you'd like to, at the $10 level, the whole Discord access is yours and you can come hang out with us and we're tons of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's everything. We will be back with you all next week uh, for episodes four and five. But we're going to land this plane, so uh, mind your arms and legs don't stick them outside of the plane i don't think people say that put on your fasten your seatbelts as we come in for a landing here we will talk to you all next time have a good one everybody bye we are actuaries in a world filled with unpredictability we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.